What's going on, everyone? Welcome to a Thursday edition of Back Your Play with Q. I'm your host, as always, Rich Quinones, hashtag BYP. Check us out on the YouTube channel at Rich Q on Q, social media across the board, IG, Twitter, at Rich Q on Q, our good friend from On3 Sports right there, the dapper one, Nick Costco, looking slim, trim, and fit, ready to go into battle. I guess the birds probably could have used you a little bit on uh, Sunday night, my friend. First reaction, and I've left you alone, even though I've had to troll some people on Twitter because it's just nonsense where we're at right now. So I will throw it to you, and I always appreciate a couple moments on BYP, brother. Um, You're watching this game unfold. It's 24 to uh, 14 Eagles have a 10 point lead. Everything changes going into the locker room. Rihanna, here we go. Boom, boom, boom. Halftime. Okay. And then the adjustments made by Kansas city, no adjustments by the Philadelphia Eagles as a diehard fan. It's got to crush and destroy you knowing that a 10 point lead, you had total control. The Eagles had total control of that game. Yeah. I mean, as a fan, I mean, maybe some fans were more confident than I was at halftime at 24, 14, it could have been 21, seven, and they could have really stepped on their throats at one point. Obviously the Jalen hurts fumble changed everything, but he responded yeah. right away when went right down the field and they scored a touchdown and they get a field goal after another stop. Now, could they have gone by 28, 14 at the half? Maybe. Um, I don't think they played it too conservatively at the end of the half. Cause you know, you're going into the half. You don't want to keep showing your hand. You want to make sure you, you at least get a two score lead, which they yep. did. I think the one that killed them was when they ended up settling for a field goal to go up 27 to 21, and they didn't uh, make that a well, – that would have been a 31-21 lead. Now, yep. in the end, would that have made a difference? Maybe, maybe not. You never know. In the end, you know, everyone can point to the holding calls. I'm sure we'll talk about it in a second. But it, when the defense gives up 31 points, and I say 31 because, again, Kansas City scored on defense. But if you give up 31, but you're able to score 35 on offense – generally you should win a Super Bowl, okay? Even in general, you know, I mean, I, I get Kansas City scored 38 points. So if you want to generalize it there, if you're the Eagles and you have Jalen Hurts, borderline MVP candidate this year, only, obviously Mahomes won the award this year, but Hurts was arguably the MVP of that game, even, even in a losing effort. He's the reason why they scored 35 points. You scored 35 points in the Super Bowl, you should win. I, yeah. I think that was the second highest scoring Super Bowl or third highest scoring Super Bowl in NFL history, which is absolutely bonkers. So ultimately it came down to the defensive adjustments or lack thereof in the second half. And as a fan up 24, 14 at the half, I was not confident at all that they were going to just go on cruise control in the second half. Because again, you stop, you limited Mahomes, and we all know, you know, he banged up his ankle. Was he putting out a little bit of a show for the camera? Maybe, maybe not. Obviously in pain though, came back second half. He was magnificent. It's hard to stop him and hard to contain him uh, all game long. But if you can't get one stop in the second half when you absolutely need it, you know, you probably don't deserve to win. Now, were they in the game? Do they deserve to win at some points? Absolutely. But when your defense, which led the league in sack, was it was a historic defense or defense uh, in terms of sacks, in terms of uh, stats, in terms of uh, pass uh, pass uh, coverage, all that good stuff. When you can't make adjustments on the fly when you're supposed to, it just goes to show you that the Kansas City, uh, the Kansas City staff, led by Andy Reid, was a little bit more prepared in that second half for those adjustments. And even though Jalen Hurts. Let him right down to the field to tie the game at 35 apiece. You knew you get four minutes was too long for Mahomes. And, of course, the, the holding penalty was the icing on the cake to run the clock down to whatever it was, 12 seconds. And then you had one shot, which, again, you know, field conditions aside, you, had no, you almost had no shot on the Hail Mary no, anyway. No, no, they didn't. And, listen, everyone can bitch, whine, and complain about the hold. It was a hold. I mean, period. Yeah, it was. I, 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 every time I bring this up to somebody, they have nothing to say. It's crickets. If that calls on Kansas City – 
and it allows the Philadelphia Eagles to get a fresh set of downs, and they run down the clock and kick the field goal. What is an Eagle fan going to say Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, when well, Kansas City Of course, City they're, they're, they're going to say it was justified. That's right, and, and the sloppy yeah. field, correct me if I'm wrong, but the Eagles were up by 10 on a sloppy field, so it's just right. nonsense. Listen, the drive that Kansas City had to come out of the locker room in the third quarter after the break was the drive to remind everyone watching the game we're the Kansas City friggin' Chiefs. We've been here before, little boys. Relax. Like, that's exactly it, – it was an ombre drive. We call it a man's drive. That's exactly yeah. what it was. And I thought Hurts played well. I get the fumble. It happens. But you get a a false start from a third and one to a third and six. They yeah. have to shotgun him, right? But we don't want to talk about that. We don't want to talk about, you know, the lapses, not getting pressures. Where was Sweat, Davis, Fletcher Cox, Hassan Reddick? Where, where was this vaunted – yeah, I'm not. I again, you can't make excuses on the field. I mean, I guess there is sort of an excuse in terms of both teams not having their footing because there were plenty of opportunities where the Eagles predicate themselves on their defensive ends, Brandon Graham and Hassan Reddick this year, but yep. in particular, they thrive getting upfield, not over pursuing, but being able to collapse that pocket. They slipped numerous times. Patrick Mahomes. Now he could have had an even better day rushing the football, but he also slipped a couple of times when he escaped the pocket. So it went both ways for both teams. Now I firmly believe it affected the Eagles ability to pass rush. I think it affected the chiefs ability to pass rush as well. But again, if it's for both teams, it's not an excuse. It just, it's a factor of the game. An unfortunate factor, which is a whole larger issue with the NFL, having a field like that for a super bowl. Horrible. But again, beside Horrible. the point, but you look at, you mentioned the false start from uh, Isaac Sayamalo which push them back. They, they had a third and one. They, you, we, Rich, we, we, we've watched the Eagles all year. We know on third and one, fourth and one, they're going to get those conversions 95% of the time because Correct. they have an unstoppable way of doing the quarterback sneak. They were going to get it. They probably could have extended the drive. Who knows? Maybe they go up 17-7 or 21-7 at that point. The Chiefs are like, geez, we really cannot stop this offense. That fumble recovery for a touchdown by Nick Bolton put the Chiefs back in the football game. Now, again, Hurts immediately responded. So I like to consider that almost a wash at this point. Agreed. Because, Agreed. again, even with that, Philadelphia had a 10-point lead at halftime. And generally, you have a 10-point lead at halftime, you don't lose. I think, it, I think what, there was only two or three games in Super Bowl history. Two games. That one and, of course, the historic Atlanta collapse against the Patriots. Correct. Now, this was not a collapse by the Eagles. The Chiefs just outplayed them in the last 30 minutes, and the Eagles could not do enough to stay yeah. ahead. Now, again, I mentioned before, 35 points, you should win. So I'm not yep. going to blame the offense for that if I'm a fan or if I'm a media member, or if I'm uh, some sort of uh, expert uh, analyst for yeah. the NFL or the Eagles, you have to blame the defense. You can't get any pass rush, and you didn't make any adjustments, on, especially on the two goal line touchdowns. How do you not see that? You see it once, okay, you get burned Correct. the second time. I don't know how it happens. And, of course, the holding penalty was the icing on the cake. That's pretty much and all it was. Special teams, the good punt return. Yeah, the gap. Uh, I almost forgot about that. Kadarius Tony. Tony, one catch, and then uh, Sky Moore, one catch, both for touchdowns. I mean, look – and the funny thing is, you know, even from an outside, the I understand this whole you shouldn't throw the flag there, but I've tried to reason and I get it. It's emotional. I mean, all I've heard and seen and read and not you, because there are some Eagles fans that will just take the L and move on the constant whining and crying and bitching and moaning and complaining like friggin' move on already. We get it. It was not, it was a questionable call, but by the letter of the law, right. It was the right call. Nowhere in the league. Does it say you can't throw a flag in that situation? Go ahead. Right. Cincinnati, and, right. Right. 
you're I mean, you, you are exactly right. And now at the time, I'm like, why? How could you throw that? Of course, as a fan in the moment, how could you throw that flag? Of course. Even and but yeah, you know, to me, and I haven't been overly emotional about it. Because again, it's what is it now? We're recording this on Thursday. I'm past it now. I'm ready for the Eagles to start make as a fan to start making some offseason moves, yeah. getting prime for next year, a Hurts extension. You know, maybe Brian Johnson is now the official. Uh, rational, be, intelligent, yeah. rational, professional. Right. You there, get there, it. Yeah, you there, there, it. there's me. I'm, I'm ready for the Hurts extension. Brian Johnson, OC, hire a new DC. Oh. You know, make some moves, make some trades, see what how he can be a wizard in the draft again. You know, and again, th- this team could be the class of the NFC next year anyway. So maybe you're expecting to get back there in Vegas. Yeah. Maybe get a rematch for the Chiefs. Who knows? But in the moment, yeah, of course, you're like, how could you throw that? Because it was granted, it was a late flag. You look at the replay, you're saying, well, the left hand, every, is everyone focused on the left hand of Bradbury first? The right hand is what tugged the jersey. On first, on first impression, you're like, that's really ticky tack. All right. And then you see the actual right hand where he tugs the jersey. You're like, okay. Letter of the law, that is a hold. But the problem is, how could you call in that spot? And I, and I will maintain that argument. Now, again, that's not how officials generally operate. Right. I, I know I know Carl Sheffer's uh, crew has been Throw. absolutely roasted uh, yeah. ever since he you – know, his crew notoriously calls a yeah. lot of penalties. And it was weird because that entire game, there was no defensive holding. There was no defensive pass interference the entire game on either side. There was no. Well, they missed the one. Game. They missed the one on Juju. They missed yeah, one. They, I mean, they, they, they you know again they missed those point, calls all the time. But yeah. generally, when that happens, when they miss those types of calls, you fear. I get it. That's the way they're going to play the game. They're going to let them ball. You know, they're, they're going to battle out a little bit more. Yep. Now, did it get Juju completely off his route? Maybe it hindered him a, a little bit. And again, you can't call. You can't use the excuse of well, Mahomes would have overthrown him anyway, which he would have. But that's only on pass interference penalties. It is. If it's a holding penalty. But, you can't but, use but, that excuse. So, and at that though, point, again. It, I go back to I, everything you're saying is accurate, but again, nowhere in the friggin' rule book does it say you can't throw a flag there. It's only exactly the Super Bowl, it, yeah, it's magnified in that spot. That's yeah. why we're having this conversation now. It robbed us of potentially seeing the Jalen Hurts with the football go yes. down the field. That's, that that that's all it is. Now I think more rational Eagle fans are probably a little bit more, are still a little bit more irate than I am right now. They're saying, well, at the very least. It would have held the Chiefs to a field goal with 90 seconds left. Now Jalen Hurts has 80 to 90 seconds to try to go down the field to either Plenty tie the game for overtime or win the game outright with no timeouts left. Now, that's what they said they're more irate about, that they were robbed of that. Now, am I mad about that? Of course I am. But at this point, they never should have been in that position to begin with. You have Agreed. four minutes left. You can't – they have – realistically, Rich, they did not stop them all game. I believe they I only forced one punt. The entire game, and of course, they, and the Eagles had the ball first. And again, the Chiefs did score on defense in the first half. So, with that, with that type of ball control, you kept Mahomes off the field. I would say, I mean, I, I forget the exact stat on it, but I mean, Mahomes had probably less of less than half of the time of possession that Jalen Hurts did with the Eagles' offense, and you still lost the game. Who that? Who does that fall on? To me, it's the defense. Okay, you can criticize Nick Sirianni, Shane Steichen, the offense for being maybe conservative in two spots. I know there was a late punt. But they were in their own territory. I was I was fine with them as you're saying, we well, you have this great defense. You need to make one stop. All right, maybe this is the final, final time to make the one stop. They set up the field goal to go up 27, 21 instead of going for it. Would I have gone for it in hindsight? Yeah, probably. But I mean, you're up to, again, you're up 27, 21. You have the lead the entire time in this game. They did not trail in that game until 28, 27. And then they're down 35, 27. And they still come back and tie the game. So it ultimately falls on lack of defensive adjustments. I'm not going to blame the offense. I really can't blame Sirianni. It was just a great game marred by the conversation of the penalty. 
But all, overall, great Super Bowl. The Eagles were yeah. in it. They had a chance. They had their chances. Could not capitalize. And you know, again, experience versus the young team in that Super Bowl. So hats off to the Kansas State Chiefs as a as a fan. Of course, you know we'll, we'll see what happens uh, in twenty twenty three. I would say as long as uh, Nick Sirianni and Jalen Hurts can be that good year yeah. in and year out as a quarterback coach combination, I mean they're they're going to be in the thick of things every year. Yeah, well, yeah, but there's no guarantee to get back. And I just like that. We're not going to play like 49ers fans, but X, Y, and Z. So, but to <laughs> your point, everything you're saying, I get, and I would feel the same way. But ultimately, when you stay, take a step back, you sit there and say, the game was there. But that's that's why. Right, it know, was there, couldn't capitalize. Um, and that's pretty much what it came it, down it, to. It, it, exactly, exactly. So, um, all right, let's, um, a couple of things. They lose the DC, they lose the OC. Uh, and again, now we have to figure out, okay, when you think about it, um, you know, I don't think it's a, it's a question where, you know, Gannon, I know people kind of had the issues with them, uh, you know, the fan base with them. So, I mean, what's your thoughts on Gannon? Realistically, he was good enough to heighten the defense because he had a low, you know, to be fair, he had a loaded defense. He had plenty of veterans. Howie Roseman did a great job uh, last last offseason, you know, uh, basically acquiring Hassan Reddick, getting C.J. Gardner-Johnson. Uh, Kaiser Webb was under the radar signing at linebacker as well. So they, they they basically improved the defense on paper with some of their offseason additions. And, of course, you know, the drafting of Jordan Davis helped out with the defensive line as well. And plus you have a handful of veterans that were on that Super Bowl team five years ago as well. So Jonathan Gannon in his two years with Philadelphia um, – People probably point more towards 2021. That's you know, the first season under Nick Sirianni and his staff as saying, this guy has a lot of talented pieces, but he's not adapting his scheme to the situation. He believes in trying to make the players, you know, do what they're comfortable with, but there's lack of adjustments because he believes talent is over is, is overwhelmingly going to take over. Now, in some instances, that is that is true, but he kind of stuck to that through 2022. And I would say, I'm not going to say caught lightning in a bottle, but this team had the third most sacks in NFL history in a single season, and they just happened to have a 14-3 record and the number one seed because they also had an MVP performance from their quarterback and played with leads 99% of the year anyway, so the defense could just absolutely tee off. Statistically, I think he's a good enough coach, okay? But schematically and his ability to adjust in those moments, and we've seen it, we saw it in the playoffs last year, got absolutely exposed by Tom Brady and the Bucs last year. And then this year, they didn't have to play from behind until the Super Bowl. So, again, they you know, pretty much dominated the Giants. They had the one, what was it, 7-7 seven, seven at one point, and then the offense ran away with it against the 49ers. Now, would they have probably won that game anyway? Yes, but then you're, play, you're playing Josh Johnson and Christian yep, McCaffrey yep, at quarterback, yep. so you don't have to make this adjustment. Now, now you're playing Patrick Mahomes, the best of the best. You contained them for the most part. You can't expect to keep doing exactly what you were doing in the first half in the second half when you have Andy Reid on the other side, okay. right? So – is he a great head coaching fit for the Cardinals? I guess. I mean, the Cardinals to me are one of those franchises that I probably don't even know what the heck they're you gotta doing. Got to deal with so that quarterback, right? They have a quarterback, but now you have a defensive head coach coaching this franchise quarterback. So who's their who's their offensive coordinator? Yeah, I don't yep. know. So yep. I think as an Eagle fan or most Eagle fans are, I would say, happier that he's gone. They can get somebody else to maybe capitalize more on the talent they still have coming back and whoever they can acquire going into next season. So that's my take on Gann. I thought he was good enough for what they needed, but he wasn't good enough to take that one extra step where it could have been the difference in the Super Bowl last weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Fair point. Nick Cosco joining us at Nick Cosco 59 college sports four on three sports does a great job. Are you wrestling as well? Cal athletics. Um, all right. So 
couple more um, before I let you get out of here. Thursday edition of BYPQ here. You've got Derek Carr out there. We know Brady retired. There's Lamar Jackson not happy with Baltimore. I think Washington's going to really make a push for Lamar Jackson, which can really change the complexion of the NFC. Uh, you've got Aaron Rodgers, you know, going into his hole and doing what he's going to do. <laughs> I think, and listen, I can't be grudging. Whatever the guy wants to do, but yeah. here's my, my thought on Rodgers. And I've had this conversation with my buddies. I think we're starting to see the red flags now where – you stick him in New York with that media, even before the season starts, and they start asking him about X, Y, and Z. We saw how he reacted when he was pushed a little bit about this retreat with Rappaport and Scheffner with the insiders. If you're going to open up your personal life, then we can opine regarding it. So my gut is starting to tell me he retires. That's my gut. Now, my buddy made a great point, and he said he's too vain to do that. Because there's no more Brady. The spotlight can all be back on him right now. He's coming back. So I'll throw it to you. Where, where are we at with that one? I got to give credit to uh, the great Tony Kornheiser for this. because He's had this hmm. same take or relatively that Aaron Rodgers is the type of guy where he really respects, and to your point about Tom Brady, really respects Tom Brady. It's, but they could probably be friends for all we know, either right, right. now or down the line when they're both you know, playing right. golf all year round. He does not want to retire the same year as Brady and be in the same Hall of Fame class. As Fair Tom point. Brady, because what they're going to say, Tom Brady, greatest of all time, seven-time Super Bowl champion, five-time MVP, whatever the heck he is, or, you know, however, whatever, five-time Super Bowl MVP, I should say. Uh, Aaron Rodgers. Oh, yeah, he's won four or five NFL uh, AP, NFL MVP awards. Been in the Super Bowl once. 2010 Super Bowl champion Aaron Rodgers, Green Bay Packers legend. And they have Tom Brady, the GOAT. I don't think Aaron Rodgers wants that. Now, where does he go? I don't think he's going to retire. I think he is going to play next year. He's just, you know, you, you know how he operates in the offseason. Loves to do this. All the, all, Rich, he's going to be gone for four days. He knows without even saying a darn word, without going on any social media, he's going to be out of the public eye for four days. His, his entire persona, his name, his situation is going to be in the news on ESPN, yeah. on Fox, on CBS, whatever the case may be. He's going to be plastered all over the place for NFL offseason talk. They're going to say, Aaron Rodgers' darkness retreat, day one, day two, day three. It's going to be an update every single day. Maybe there's more reports coming out of it. I have no idea, but you know he loves that. He will play, in my mind, back with Green Bay? No, I don't think so now at this point because he did say something cryptic. Now, it could just be misleading because that's the way he is, but he said he enjoyed his time in Green Bay or it was a great home for 18 years when he was talking to Pat McAfee. So I think he's going to go somewhere else. And where that is, I have no idea. I know know people say – Go to the Raiders, reunite with Devontae Adams, or go to the Jets. I mean, I would love to see him with the Jets, but who knows with that New York media. But, frankly, if I'm a, if I'm a Jet fan, I want nobody else but Aaron Rodgers right now because that, that is a Super Bowl roster with him as the quarterback based on what they have. So I think he plays, but I think he's finally going to be done with Green Bay. He'll pull a Brett Favre and actually go to the Jets or maybe just go somewhere else. Right, and we saw what happened with the Jets when Favre did that, 3-3, three and 8-3, three, eight, three, <laughs> and then, of course, 8-8, eight and eight, and he got hurt. So, all right, he is uh, Nick Costco at Nick Costco 59 College Sports on 3 Sports. Give him a follow on Twitter. Uh, you have any broadcasting you're doing this weekend? Yeah, we got Saturday afternoon uh, at my alma mater, actually, at Harbor Township High School, the uh, Eagles hosting the Cape Atlantic League Boys Basketball Finals nice. against St. Augustine Prep, the top seed, and, of course, it's funny. The top seed actually has to travel because EHT was always the neutral site for the championship game. So good for my boys over at EHT, but I'll be on the call for them in a uh, neutral sense, of course, because, you know, I got to be a professional on the air. But yeah, St. Augustine Prep EHT at two o'clock on Saturday on Cape Atlantic League live on YouTube. All right. 
Fantastic. We'll check it out as always. Keep up the good work. Always appreciate a couple minutes on a Thursday edition of BYP. We'll do it again next week, pal. Appreciate you, Rich.